This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. So Kate, we're going to do something a little different this time, right? Exciting. I know. People don't always love change, but we're going to try it out and see see if it works. For us, for you guys, we'll see. So we're going to jump into Erica Barry. One of your favorites, yes. Oh, love her. Yes, and something... My soul sister. And something's got to give. We recorded that episode before the Oscars, where there was an amazing reunion between Keanu Reeves and Diane Keaton came on to present an award together. And it really just took us back to those two and something's got to give and how much we love it. And, And the internet and Instagram went insane right yes there were clamoring for those two yes yes and just something's got to give and diane keaton and just such a great character such a great movie i think that everybody loves so we're excited to be talking about it and i'm sure we'll post the flash forward that we got at the oscars we'll post that on instagram but yes okay you were dead on in your predictions oh well yes that's right my crystal ball showed that i did not mm-hmm. say they'd be presenting at the oscars but i know you see did them not together but, yeah yeah but that's what people were reacting to i think yes. when they saw them together like hmm maybe those two should have ended up together uh, keanu reeves has had such a surprising and interesting career Absolutely. since something's got to give right yeah and he was a baby in that yes yes and we didn't know where he was going to go artistically and in his acting career and we've been surprised and impressed so we're going to get into all of that but we really first wanted to talk about there was something we just couldn't get past which was the Brit Marling uh, New York Times op-ed piece right so if mm-hmm. you're not interested you didn't follow it You can check out the show notes and you can jump ahead to get right into the episode. But we really do think this connects to this episode because Britt Marling wrote about, I don't want to be the strong female lead. That was the title. title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was a great title, but also uh, pretty incendiary, right? Yes. That's why it's a great title. Right. right? I guess. See, now I call that clickbait. I don't love, Mm. I don't love that. I, I like a little bit more of an introspective title but I don't sell newspapers or whatever that (laughs) whatever they do there so um I I defer to them but it was Britt Marling's teaser that really drew me in yeah I was just gonna say but there was a teaser yes that that told a little bit more and it told a different story than than something that that title might have otherwise should I just say though does everybody know who no so I yeah I was I did have a little prep for this because oh, I've, good. I've learned from you that I need to do this more. I am like jump right in kind of person. Because you I probably, do. I did not know who Britt Marling is. So, so I will be why. honest, I didn't. Oh, and okay. I, I did not. Did. And sadly, because yeah. I'm now a huge fan. But so Britt Marling is an actress, producer, and screenwriter. She rose to prominence as a sci-fi and Sundance darling after mm-hmm. 2011's two movies, Sound of My Voice and Another Earth. And then 2013, 
back again with The East, which she co-wrote and in addition to playing the lead role. Then in 2016 to 2019, she co-created, co-wrote, and starred in two seasons of the Netflix series The OA. Mm. So no, I was not familiar with her. But let me tell you, I went down a Brit Marling shaped yeah. rabbit hole after that essay. Mm-hmm. I listened to hours of podcast interviews. Did I, you? I, hours, hours. <gasps> I watched. I only read a few articles, but oh, wow. Okay. I watched the first season of the OA. <laughs> oh, I was. I was yes. going to say, had you had you seen it before? Apparently, not. I had okay. not. I am not a sci-fi person. Which me neither. Amazingly, neither is Brit Marling. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about that too. But um, I was, the the essay really drew me in, but it was a, it was a complicated picture. And I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I, she has a lot of similarities to us, Kate, right? Yeah. Yes, she please, does. Please tell me you looked up her sign. Of course. She is a Leo. Yes. And yes. she went to Georgetown. I mean, yeah, we went to Jesuit, Boston College, yes. but, you know, similar. Both. And she clearly, so fire signs, they are dominated by a masculine energy. Now, listen, I'm going to use the words masculine and feminine mm-hmm. a lot. They are not the same as gender. It is not Correct. the same as male and female. And so a lot of times she's talking about both. I am typically talking about the energetic masculine mm-hmm. or, or or qualities of masculine and qualities of feminine. Now, all fire signs, whether you're a man or a woman, all fire signs are ruled by a masculine energy. Actually, all fire signs and air signs and all water signs and earth signs are feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So, so she also was drawn to that masculine world working. We know she was working yeah. in an investment banking at Goldman Sachs, right? Yeah. And that was probably driven by something her mother had said to her when she was little. And Kate and I, you and I both have similar stories, I think, Mm -hmm. in our past. Her mother said to her, to be a free woman, you have to be financially independent woman. Mm -hmm. And And that came from my father over and over and over again. Like, drilled that into me. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was my grandmother. Um, And it was also my family dynamics. Just in my family, it was the women who were the leaders, the the ones who were more free. It really came from my grandmother who did, like your father, really drill it into me over and over and over, um, mm-hmm. not subtly. So Britt got that same message. And so she studied economics in college and she went to New York to become an investment banker. And she says, to be blunt, I wanted the freedom that money can buy. She had a sudden change of heart when she was working at Goldman as a summer analyst and then Two of her friends came in from L.A. and they spent all weekend shooting a movie together. And she talks in this podcast I listened to, she talked about how she hadn't slept all week because she was working at Goldman, really killing herself on the work. And then she hadn't slept all weekend because she was doing this movie. Mm -hmm. And she said how very different those two types of exhaustion Uh. and being spent felt. Mm -hmm. And she says... This is in a different article. This is not in the New York Times. I'm sort of filling in the gaps a little bit. I decided that if the world required me to sell the hours of my life in exchange Mm -hmm. for access to what long ago had been free, food, water, shelter, I wanted to at least be doing something that stirred my soul. Yeah, I read that too. That's amazing. Yes. So, and I have noticed the same thing when doing the work, the, the more masculine work, I guess, because it's confusing because the way I approach work is a masculine 
sort of point of view energy very driven very ambitious very linear like gotta get it make it to the top kind of thing yes and I approach everything I do that way so that will never go away but when I the the sort of masculine work of of being a lawyer and in finance for me crushed my soul whereas even when I'm still bringing my own masculine energy to the creative work which is storytelling writing doing Mm -hmm. this podcast it is so much more fulfilling to me right so I I get that so then Brit said when she became immersed in acting and filmmaking and storytelling she liked the person that she became yeah Yeah. I love that right I loved that I read that too and that's that happens. That, yes. that really does. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm A, more aware of the person I am. And I like the person who I continue to become when I'm doing those things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She says specifically that she listened more acutely. I was more empathetic and imaginative. These are qualities that seem to be to me, to be culturally on the decline. Our culture likes forward-thinking talkers who can turn a profit without feeling too much about who may suffer the consequences, usually poor people, people of color, and women. Acting mm-hmm. felt like a noble pursuit and maybe even a small act of resistance. Yeah. But she didn't realize, though, again, like I'm <laughs> talking about this idea that everything can be masculine and feminine. So storytelling might be a feminine pursuit creativity different side of the brain but Hollywood was still an an industry dominated by straight white men right right. and she said the stories themselves were narratives I didn't always politically or morally agree with then the only way for me to navigate Hollywood with more agency was to become a storyteller myself yes this that is to say that is an easy thing to say and a very hard thing to do I stopped auditioning. I worked a day job and spent nights and weekends at the public library downtown reading screenwriting books. I did this for years. Mm-hmm. And she did that before she she broke out. And she talks about how she doesn't like sci-fi, but that sci-fi is a useful tool when the world that you're working in, which is to say like America or LA or Hollywood, didn't represent her sci-fi is just a way to wipe the slate clean right yeah it's a, which i thought was so interesting i did too yeah that she yeah. couldn't write what she wanted to write in the normal world because she Ex- felt so confined yes but you in sci-fi you can just make it whatever you want it to be which yes was a really cool way of looking at it i thought i thought so too and i was really fascinated that she was not at all interested in sci-fi before and that this was just the way her ideas worked best, which is kind yeah. of fascinating. She didn't, not only was she not interested, she said even after she wrote OA, I think, or that someone, that they'd ask her this in interviews and she'd just like, why are you so interested in sci-fi? And she'd give like a flipping answer. Like, right. And that finally she like really thought about it. And and so it even took her a while, to, even after she'd already created something yes. in sci-fi, for her to realize why it was she was drawn to that. Like, she didn't even really know. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so yeah. cool. Isn't it? I know. Yeah. So what do we think about her New York Times piece, though? Which was, with the backstory, I feel like I understood it a little more, but I wasn't sure. There were some things I agreed with and some things I didn't, which I think you had a similar reaction. Yes, yeah, I, I did. I thought there were some really, really good points about how 
the strong female lead is being portrayed, you know, and that it's, she said, you know, what we really mean when we say we want a strong female lead is give me a man, but in the body of a woman, I still want to see naked. Yes. <laughs> Which, I thought that was, I was like, a brilliant line. Yes, it's true. And that it's still, the strong female lead is still, at least mostly in these films and TV shows and whatever, showing the, the, the masculine characteristics, right? Like right. physical prowess, ambition, yes. you know, yes. and I thought that made a lot of sense. And she said, you know, when but she... I was automatically ahead. thinking of like Angelina Jolie as yes. Lara, Lara Croft, right? Croft. Tomb Raider, right? Yes, exactly. That is truly a masculine figure, the masculine journey, masculine traits, and then just in a woman's body. Right, exactly. Right. And and that that people applaud that, but then she started thinking, I don't I don't really like that either, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not that's still sort of killing the feminine. Right. 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 Just being the woman it wasn't really harnessing anything feminine, right? Yes. I agreed with that too, but I wasn't sure where she was going with it. And then I watched the OA which I think gives, uh, no spoilers, but I think it gives more of an idea of what she was actually talking about because the OA is the story of this one woman, Prairie, uh, played by Britt Marling. But in this journey, her way out, her way to salvation, the way to achieving her goals, it can only be reached by a group of people working together. Mm -hmm. So that is a very feminine idea masculine is singular and then the feminine is about connection it's about community community. group right I don't know I am more interested in a more proper hero's journey but I do think you can balance those traits still right yes because Fleabag and Claire are the examples of this right yes they break their isolation their cold and empty hearts right (laughs) Mm-hmm. by connecting with one person, not society or community. It's really, it's about them connecting with one person and sort of breaking out of that. And by the way, also Erica Berry will will do the same. So I still think I'm drawn to that idea, becoming a little less, if that's the masculine role that they're in, becoming a little bit less, becoming a little bit more connected. But I don't know that I can see it the way she does. Yeah, I think it was a little extreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meaning, because she really concludes at the end that you can't do this within the hero's journey. That the hero's right. journey itself is is really just a man's a journey. male a male orgasm is yes. what she equates yes, it to. Yes, I know. And I don't know. By about the way, that. I, her description of a male orgasm really fit with mine. So I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. So I just thought, well, that's like she's basically like you you. I don't know that if to blow it all up. Um, right. I think that there's a way to find the balance. I mean, I, when she said it's difficult for us to imagine femininity itself, empathy, vulnerability, listening as strong. Right. I do think that that's been missing in in things that we watch and read. I get that, but but I don't I don't know that that's true either. I mean, I I, I think I've we've seen characters who exhibit those traits and they're still strong. Like I, again, I think maybe it was just really a little too extreme. Well, I think that's what she's saying though, because you just said they exhibit those traits and they're still strong, but I think she's saying 
that's what makes them strong. Right. That, right. That they are vulnerable and that they are, you know, good listeners and empathetic or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's really, it's very complicated. And I, but I do think Fleabag is such a great example of both, right? Masculine traits and feminine traits. And her journey is one from purely masculine to more feminine. And that's what I'm most, that's personally what I'm most interested in. These women who start off in a position, and Erica Barry is this way too, who start off in a position of being really one way, closed off, isolated, just happy with what what's going on with their lives. And then they open up and they, they mm-hmm. find some more connection. And I wrote it on Instagram and I don't know if Brit would approve, but I said, I write women who present as masculine, but dominate only when they harness the power of the feminine. And I love that. I love that too, but I don't know. I, just my use of the word dominate, right? I spent a lot of time in my masculine self and I was very, very comfortable there. I spend a lot of time there too. Yes, I, I think as fire signs that we do, we yeah. would anyway. But And I was very but, comfortable and then I wasn't. And then I sort of went in the opposite direction, which I think was essentially drowning myself in the feminine, like studying and teaching yoga, staying home with my kids for two years, which was all mm-hmm. good for me but really ultimately never felt like me. I feel like I needed to be there to get those things, but I'm always going to be who I am. And yes. and a lot of just who I am personality-wise is are, are, I have traits that people say are quote-unquote like a man. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, yeah. it was after my daughter was born that I felt that masculine energy coming back to me. Like that, oh. yes. That, and now I feel like I'm much more balanced. And that's where I feel like, I found a masculine voice in a creative, a feminine work, which was starting to write and starting to think about storytelling. And I feel like that's a really great balance for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'm with you that I would like to get more to the balance. And in this article, I didn't hear her saying that. So you're right. Maybe she wouldn't agree with right. with that. Um, right. Because I do, I don't know how, I mean, I I do live in the masculine so Mm -hmm. much internally and externally and and I'm very comfortable there. Yes. But but I do I do still think even in that I am can be empathetic or you know, I don't I don't like she says when she was at Goldman she tried to basically, you know, bury her feminine in order to survive. I don't feel like that at a law firm. I really don't. Maybe Wall Street could very well i'm sure it is a little different but it is but i I, and and there are there are male colleagues of mine who really do fit that mold but i don't feel as if i can't be empathetic or be the one that really like listens or brings out more feelings i do that i really do yeah i don't feel like i have to totally bury that part of me but but i do like you feel like the goal really is some kind of balance yes and you know just for people who may not be familiar with these ideas the masculine and feminine again i've said it has nothing to do with gender which it doesn't in the way we're using it but it also doesn't even i mean astrologically you can be governed by a planet that's masculine or feminine nothing to do with gender it's also styles of influence do you tend to dominate or are you trying to be persuasive dominance is the masculine persuasion is the feminine it's also styles of communication it's also Mm -hmm. often associated with your identity are you a doer or are you a beer right do you 
do you focus on doing or do you focus on being who you are as your identity? Oh, um, I'm a human doer. Yeah, me too. Human doer <laughs> right here. Very yes. masculine. The being yes. is a feminine thing. By the way, my husband, Ian, a man, very much a man, mm-hmm. is a it, he is that feminine though being. He focuses on being and not doing. And he's still successful in all these things, but that is just a core part of his identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could never change. By the way, this is in Chinese philosophy, Tantra. Chinese is yin and yang. Tantra is Shiva Shakti, Ayurveda. This is this is really across. I'm talking it's not about not just astrology. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And I'm talking about a lot of different terms here. But also, it said that the pursuit of the of meaning in life is a masculine thing, whereas the pursuit of pleasure pleasure meaning relationships pure and unalloyed relationships that's feminine also your style are you competitive how you work with others are you competitive Mm -hmm. are you cooperative masculine (laughs) is competitive right female is cooperative a lot of mine are masculine failure is devastating is a masculine trait failure is a setback is a feminine idea do you take facts literally or do you that's a masculine if you take facts and give them symbolic interpretation that's feminine do you start with the bottom line that's masculine start with the big picture that's feminine i am across the board a lot of different i am yes a mix yes a mix exactly Mm -hmm. um a lot more masculine but so it's not just one thing yeah and i think her bottom line though that i think we do agree with is that she's just hoping that there'll be more stories yes we do that exactly that show the complexity that don't just put women as the strong female lead or the girlfriend or the one you know all of that but really what I take from that is just what we've been saying which yeah. is just we want to see you know different representations of 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 in characters period like right you know so right. I, I think that's what she was ultimately getting at but I think she was very specific in what yes, she was getting to but one. I do think she would be happy about all of that right yes that that it's just not out there and the more visions we have of it the more nuance that we have yeah the better it is exactly so and funny as much as i keep referencing erica and something's got to give we don't really agree on on uh whose story this is it's something's got to give but we'll talk about that more now right We're talking about something's got to give. Nancy Myers. This is going to be great. I'm so excited to talk about it because somehow, Kate, this was completely unintentional when we first started, but somehow we've chosen movies that weave together so interestingly, right? Yes, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So the similarities to When Harry Met Sally are pretty obvious, right? The main characters... Erica Berry and Sally Albright are somewhat similar. They might be in different places in their lives, but they're similar personalities, right? Neurotic, controlling, Mm -hmm. type A. Yeah, yeah. Which I I totally relate to. (laughs) Yeah, as do I. So uh, I love both of them. You're not as uptight as me. I I don't think you are. Not even close. uh, So I will say I have loosened up for sure. But I really try to hide it a lot. I really do. I hide it a lot. I I will be like, 
oh yeah whatever fine and then I'm like oh god this is horrible this is a and I freak out behind you know like behind closed doors yeah but I just think Um, innately you're much less uptight I don't think you were like I've been like this since I was a child like you're not you were not I knew you when you were 18 you were way (laughs) not as uptight as me this is a compliment believe me yeah, no, I, I I take it as a compliment, but not, you know, either way, I don't mind. I, I just think I do hide it pretty That's well. That's good, I really do. I should work on that. I, I, I understand that I very much do not come off this way, but inside, these are the women in my head. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> Erica, Erica Barry and, and Sally Albright. You think Sally these Albright. two are the most similar of the ladies, absolutely, that we've done this season. Yeah, but I found this... A lot of the story of this one to be very similar to Always Be My Maybe. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Right? I talk about And that. I actually, I found Always Be My Maybe to be more similar to Something's Gotta Give than to When Harry Met Sally. I know they were trying to do a new Harry Met Sally, but I don't know. These are, these were pretty similar. Right. I guess the Always Be My Maybe, though, the they were friends from the past and then yes. we were watching them as they sort of reconnected later in life and there's none of yeah. that here between right. Harry and and Erica who just meet in this so between Jack Nicholson and and Diane Keaton but no I I yes. think there's but, I have some yeah. notes where yeah I was like this is very always be my maybe yes so the female characters are very established in their lives mm-hmm. they're very successful and then it's kind of the men of the story that have to get their act yes, together right exactly yeah they're the ones that yeah, have so... to go change and then come back yes and yeah. uh you know sort of prove that they're they're ready now yes mm-hmm. so that i found to be similar and then also different from when harry met sally and even sleeping with other people you know, sleeping with other people, I think they both had to get yes. together. But Lainey, for sure, yes, it was a complete mess and disaster in her love life. She was going after all the wrong things, messing everything up. So, so was Jake, though. I mean, he was just sabotaging every relationship. So they were both yeah. pretty screwed up. Yes, no, I, I, I agree. They both needed to grow work. There, theirs is probably the most equal. I guess Harry did too, right? He in, did. When Harry met Sally, but yeah. that was my issue. Like I just felt like by the end we're supposed to believe he did, but I don't. We don't really see what he goes and does. That's why I really liked mm. Marcus in Always Be My Maybe. I liked how that unfolded more because you really saw all the steps he took. So that was my problem with Harry: what he had done and realizing I'm an idiot and I really love Sally. Okay. Yeah, you know. Well, but isn't that the most important yes, thing? I mean, absolutely. We might not want to jump to the end at this point, but I it's going to be my same. I'm going to have a similar, you know, gripe as I did with Always Be My Maybe, which is their their sort of end love me speeches, you know, like we should be together speeches fall so flat for me. Oh, this one like, is really, oh. this. The, I, we can talk about this one. I, yeah. this one isn't even, he didn't, even, I wouldn't even say he tried that hard. <laughs> Although I think it was appropriate for Harry, for this character. It was yes. in line with him, but maybe yeah. not what we were supposed to believe was a more, I don't know, in touch with his emotions and ready for a relationship. He should have. Right. We should have seen more. I think too. Yeah, I, I do. You you weren't swayed by the I'm in love for the first time. Sixty five. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 Like I'm finally yeah. in love. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
we'll we'll get to that. I think that's gonna haunt yeah. Harry in his crystal in my crystal ball too. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Not sure, Harry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. I can't wait to hear that. Okay, so let's start with Erica, though. Do we think Erica Barry is a complicated woman? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just yes. Yeah, yeah. I I I say yes. I so if we're gonna put it in again, if if we're going back, I do love to put it in perspective for for me. I think that Sally. I appreciated that she was had a, had that moment where she was really conflicted about herself, and that really spoke to me. Even though she was always keeping up her facade, she was conflicted up about herself in that one scene. That was really important. Mm-hmm. Lainey, complete mess. Right. Erica Barry, she has a similar moment, I think, to Sally, where she is so vulnerable. I think a lot of the criteria that we've talked about in the past, she she certainly meets. Um, I love how other people describe Erica Barry and how Erica Barry describes herself. I sort of looked at mm. a lot of the the ways in which she's described or describes herself. And it's very mm. interesting. So Marin, her daughter, you know, when yes. we very early on when they're when she's shopping in, in one of the markets and she's speaking French, tells Harry, he's like, oh, your, your mom speaks French. And she's like, yeah, you know, she learned French after her divorce. It's part of her keep busy, don't look back program, you know, and mm. that to me showed right away that she's a woman who's highly productive, always looking to better yes. herself. And uh, in the face of, you know, sure was a a difficult situation. She decides to, you know, learn French. Yes. Um, And even her own words, you know, when they asked her what her new play was about, and it's clear from her answer that it's so (laughs) semi-autobiographical. Yes. She says, oh, you know, a divorced woman, a writer. She's incredibly high strung Mm -hmm. and neurotic, who's also incredibly cute and lovable. Uh, And, you know, she tells Keanu Reeves... I'm not that regular a person. And men my age, they like regular. So, mm. you know, you already know that she's no pretty self-aware. Yes. Um, she says, you know, to Harry when she's picking up all the white rocks on the beach, you know, mm-hmm. she says, what does that say about me? I'm controlling, unadventurous. She calls herself a turtleneck kind of gal, you know, and when he says you never get hot, she's like, not really, not lately. And so she, (laughs) that's sort of all how she sees herself, at least I think for the first half of the movie before she really gets into the relationship with Harry. And we know she's a prolific uh, playwright and is extremely successful. She's very direct right off the bat. She doesn't take Harry's shit or anybody else's right from the beginning. But I also love how he describes her because I think that kind of gives some insight into her complicated woman-ness. You know, he says some very nice things like you're a woman to love and you're not like Mm -hmm. anybody. You're the funniest girl I ever had sex with. He calls her a tower of strength. Says you're like one of those great portraits. Words have been invented to to describe women like you. Such as, he says, flinty, which honestly I had to look up. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> harsh and shows no emotion. Uh, impervious. Uh, mm. He called her formidable. But then I love, yes. he says, but I do think your strength, You, I do think you use your strength to separate yourself from everyone. But it's mm-hmm. thrilling when your defenses are down and you're not isolated. That, I think, is your winning combo, your killer combo. 
And to me, oh, that is okay. her winning combo. And that's yes. really what makes her complicated. She does yes. have this inner conflict, which I know, you know, we've talked about others. I think, Sasha, you just felt like yeah. maybe didn't. And she's yeah. strong, clearly, like he says, but especially then in the second half of the movie, once she is in the relationship with Howie, um, Harry, um, she's learning to loosen up and let go. And mm-hmm. even though she's clearly frightened by her vulnerability that she's starting yeah. to feel as she falls in love with yeah. him, she does let yeah. it overtake her. You know, she, she, she lets herself feel and change and grow. And I just yes. think that that, once that starts happening to her, that's yeah. where I think the the as he says, that's the magic. I agree. That's that's yeah. the killer combo. I I agree that that's her vulnerability and and who she is when she's in love is, or at least in love with Harry, is where I see the conflict. It's where I see the the sort of paradox. It's where I see like how are we going to reconcile these two things? And and she doesn't really really try to reconcile it. She sort of leans into yeah. becoming she says a couple of times becoming unglued yeah. right mm-hmm. and and she lets herself go with that and I do think that is where a lot of her complication comes in but and I know we focus on the women in this podcast but I mean the first lines of the movie are are spoken by him the sweet uncomplicated satisfaction of the younger woman that fleeting age when everything just falls right into place. It's a magic time. Mm-hmm. Some say I'm an expert on the younger woman because I've been dating them for 40 years. I mean, those first lines just set him up. He is going to be the one who drives this this story. And he is the one we are going to see really changing. And we know where he's exactly where he's starting out. And we know just from the posters, Erica Berry or Diane Keaton's The Big Star, He's going to end up with her. And so he's going to have to abandon this way of of wanting to latch on to the sweet, uncomplicated satisfaction of the younger woman. Right. So whatever issues I had with Sasha in Always Be My Maybe wasn't quite the same here. Erica definitely had a lot more to give right off the bat. Um, And even more as the story developed, she was vulnerable and interesting. This whole thing experience with Harry and with falling in love she she is so overcome right and I think she was yeah I think she would say and she does at some point like I knew I knew how to do that life and we'll talk about that scene because yes. I love that speech yes. but but my point is she she knew she was you know ambitious and successful but a little controlling and only picking up <laughs> the white rocks and all of that but she was fine with that I think and she was content yeah. and yes. she was fulfilled until yes bam she suddenly yeah. she like she thought she had closed up shop right i mean that's like yes. that she no, didn't really that. need love let alone from you know this this you know older <laughs> philandering guy who's trying to hook up with yes. her daughter and she's yes. so surprised i think and so yes shocked that this is happening to her and making her come unglued and I just love how you said she leans into it she doesn't say you know try to really fight it and she really embraces it and then that's what inspires her writing and you know she just totally opens her up and yeah I I, I loved it I really yeah no I just was I I just slightly prefer when the woman 
is looking for something in the story, right? Oh, like, yeah. When they are like, I need something. I need to change something. I need to do something. She was very happy, content. She wasn't interested in changing herself or her life. Yeah. Not that I blame her. God, those, I mean, these houses. Her life seems her... pretty amazing. No. Yes. But that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I never, uh, I didn't realize that. That's your issue. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And see, that doesn't bother me. Like, I, I'm actually more interested by the person who didn't necessarily even realize they needed to change. And then, I mean, yes. and, and I'm not, you know, and then is so surprised by it. I don't know. I, yeah. I think I might identify with Erica Berry more than any of the other women we've talked about. Like I said, to me, it's really Harry's story. And Erica shines 100%. But the the arc and the change and the everything we're sort of looking for and need to believe hangs on Harry's. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like she really, it, we are seeing a complete change in her too. From the I beginning to the well, end of what, how she started to where she is by the end. I, I feel wait, like. How is she, dif- how is she different? Because she's completely opened herself up now to love. She's now, uh, w- remember yeah, how awkward wait, she. Yeah, no, Reeves would not agree with you. No, but he would because by the end. She's very comfortable she's, with him. It was super awkward there in the beginning. Like she was like, eh, yeah, you know, what am I doing with this younger guy? But by the end, she seems true. lighter and freer that's and is open true. to love with him. They're in a relationship as far as we know for the last yes. six months. And yeah, and she's which I think is a huge change for her because that is, you true. know, and that is true. And so yeah. I do feel like she's now we because of what happened with Harry, she then was open to love again and even with a younger yeah. man, which she thought was I think very strange at first. Yeah. And now we see her in a relationship with him. Yeah. So and then yeah. because of that, of course, you know, he sees, Oh, well, you're really still in love with Harry, fine, but right. and she's she's really I don't know. I I feel like she has uh, changed from beginning to end and has gone through kind of a metamorphosis for her. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was thinking that she doesn't fall in love with Keanu. Well, because she's really in love with Harry. Exactly. Exactly. But no, but you're right. She had to have been open to it in the first place. And um, that is a big change. Something that's very different. Yeah, she had to get over that hump. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. But she, you're right. I mean, I don't like any of the scenes with him. Uh, they're a little cringy to me because I really, yes. you know, she's in love with Harry. But, you yeah. know, but then you're like, hey, good for her. So now she's just hooking yeah. up with the uh, younger, hot, eligible doctor. I mean. Doctor. Hey, right? I don't <laughs> she's know. even an overachiever in it, her. Exactly. Like slacker boyfriend. Ex- her second boyfriend. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. So do we want to talk about some of the scenes? Yeah, we we I, you want this is very always be my maybe for me in that yes. sense because with that you know I wanted to just focus on this what I thought were kind of the key speeches mm-hmm. and I loved yeah. that Sasha as you know gave as the female gave the big what I would call the big scene stealing speech to him yeah. and yeah. I feel when, like when he's on the balcony yeah, yeah. and I feel like yeah. it, this is very similar too. Um, with Which one? The, her, outside the yeah, restaurant? Yeah, outside the restaurant. I yes, do have one speech yes. I like before that, though. Um, uh, Francis in the bedroom? Ma- no, Frances McDormand, her sister's um, little 
sort of. Oh, yeah. Yes. Speech. I did want to talk about that just because, first of all, it's oh, Frances McDormand. And I yes. wish she had more in this. You know, I, th- yes. I wish we saw more of her. But yeah, I love that um, scene where it's pretty early on when they're having dinner with Harry and Marin when they've all decided to stay for the weekend together. Mm-hmm. And they realize that he's a famous bachelor basically that an article had been written about him called the escape artist about how he managed to escape getting married all these years and we learned by the way that Francis McDormand's character Zoe is a women's studies (laughs) teacher at Columbia so you know this this is is gonna gonna be good yeah exactly he said this is gonna hurt so you know she says he said oh yeah I was once engaged to Diane Sawyer and he's like women your age love that about me and mm-hmm. Zoe says, this is really fascinating. What's going on at this table? You and Erica. He's 63, never married. They celebrate you, write articles about you. You're elusive, unbeatable, a real catch. Then there's my gorgeous sister here. She's so accomplished, the most successful female playwright since Lillian Hellman. She's over 50, divorced, and she sits in night after night because available men her age want someone that looks like Marin. So the whole Mm -hmm. over 50 dating scene is geared towards leaving women out. So as a result, women become more and more productive and therefore more interesting, which in turn makes them even less desirable because men are threatened by productive and interesting women. They're about as fucked a group as ever exists. And I just pictured... Nancy Meyer just sit, you know, who this is also very autobiographical. She was a woman of a certain age who was highly productive and successful when she wrote this. Yes. And you just see her sitting there like her typewriter, like, like this is her exact thoughts about how screwed up the dating world is for women of a certain age. So I love that. And can we say, and can we say that this was written 16 years ago? Correct. You're right. So, I mean, it's not, uh, changing quite as much as as one might think this is how I felt reading rereading heartburn recently I'm like oh my god this book is like 30 years old and it's still relevant how is this stuff still relevant I know I know well when we get to what she said I mean some of the the quotes about Nancy Meyer uh, and talks about women and directing and all that I mean literally Mm -hmm. same thing some of them could be 10 15 years old same discussion, oh my gosh. you know. Yes, so relevant. I do think it's changing. I was thinking Erica Berry is 56 in this uh, movie. And I was thinking of 56-year-olds now. I think like Courtney Cox is maybe like 54. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are – 56 is not what it was, you know, in 2003 when this movie was That's made. true. Absolutely. So then to the taxi – to the taxi you mean after the restaurant yes oh god this this scene this scene i i I literally i watched it like 20 times (laughs) i mean there's so many good lines i'm the dumb girl who doesn't get it i mean she is like you said very self-aware she's like oh here i am i'm the dumb girl who doesn't get it i've never been been the dumb dumb girl girl before before. it ain't so great i love that line no i know i mean she's and She says, I've written this, but I've never really felt it. Oh, God. She's just so out there. She's so laid bare and vulnerable. And I... And that's that's what I love. I mean, she she admits to him that she loves him. And he says, you know, let's just, you know, our lives have turned upside down. Let's just get our bearings. And she says, Mm. I don't want my bearings. I've had my bearings my whole goddamn life. 
Yes, you know, I, I felt something with you that I never really knew existed. Do you know what that's like after a 20-year marriage? And I yeah. just love that. I don't want my bearings. Like she's been yes. so in control and so yes. in check that she wants to be unglued. She's like, I, yeah. you know, I've been glued. I've been, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those scenes where I feel for both of them so much because I... I'm certainly the Erica Barry in that moment. And my husband is the Harry Sanborn. He's like, whoa, just like relax a minute. Let's just get, chill right. and, you know, get all this together. And I do feel for him because he is, he is being honest, Harry. And he is not being a jerk. Very much unlike a Harry, uh, Harry, from when Harry met Sally and very much unlike Marcus who both really have nasty turns he's I mean we understand that she's hurt but he's being really honest and open and one of his my favorite lines of his is I don't know how to be a boyfriend and she really blows him off which I thought was pretty shitty because He's like, that's no small thing. It's not. No. It's not a small thing. Exactly. And you're absolutely right. I feel for him as well because you know he cares about her and and, and yes. probably loves her too. He's just, first of all, yes. she notes it's only been a week. So let's give him, cut yes. him a little slack. This <laughs> exactly. is a 60-some-odd-year-old man who has admittedly yep. never been in a serious relationship other than, you know, probably Diane Sawyer 20, 40 years ago. Yep. So yep. this is a big deal for him already what he's done and yeah. how he's opened yeah. up and the fact that she's actually someone pretty much his age these are huge yeah. changes for him in the last week yeah. he's also had a heart attack it yeah okay so yes. there's a lot happening and you're right he's not yeah. a jerk he's just sort of like whoa like hold, yes. slow your roll like oh god exactly. like let me get my bearings she and then she pulls the ultimatum, are we done? Yeah. And he says, I don't know. I know. And then she's, oh my God, and gets in the cab and drives away. I know. I know. Like, I really do feel I for both of them. I don't know that that was necessary. Because I get it. She's just, you know, she said, do you know what this is? Kisses him. And she says, this is heartbroken. Uh, How's that yes. for impervious? You know? Yeah, and then he says, you're killing you're me killing here. Me. He's obviously moved and affected. I know. But... I know. She just can't, she can't, you need to be all in. And I know I was definitely this way. I, ironically, she's much older than me. And and I'm thinking about when I was much younger. <laughs> I was that way. It's all or nothing. I'm ready now. You have to know now. If you don't know now, then you're out. And that's not really fair. I've, I've certainly learned that that's not fair. No. Um, and I think so that's I really a good feel point. for them. Yeah. Because yeah. she's just, you know, I get it. She's just, ha she's unraveling. And, Yes. You know, as she said, you know, the life I had before you, I knew how to do that. I could do that forever. Yeah. But now look at me. What am I going to do with all this? And she just sort of points at her chest because she's like, what does one do with all this fucking emotion and love? Mm. And and so I think she just doesn't know how, how to react either, you know, how to, yeah. to his response. I mean, what? Yes. But you're right. I think it's a very good point that you got to feel for him as well because you he does he does he does love her. You know that probably yes. even then, but that's it's hard for him to get out just yet. Yep. Yep. No. 
Yes, I understand. Um, but she is just very quick to blow off what he's saying. And I do think there was a lot more validity. Validity. That's not the like, oh, it's, it, you know, the old <clears throat> line. It's, it's me. It's not you. Right. He's not giving her lines. He's just trying to do the best he can. And he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He's not right. He's, he's, he's got he's got to change. Right. So that's yeah. like what we yes. said. He's now like Marcus in there takes it to heart. Yeah. And then yeah. has to go on his own journey. And in his case, it's through all his black books or whatever those yes. were. It's that, going to a tropical island for like a second and then making a lot of amends. Yes. And then, yeah. which I don't know, his speech. Was, on the bridge. Yeah. yeah compared no. to Marcus's, which I know you had issues with too, but it, yeah. at least there was there was more content. In that. <laughs> this is yeah. just... No, I actually liked Jack Nicholson's better because here's the thing. There was a lot more content in Marcus's, but it was all about him. And I just, that is not going to make me fall in love with you. I'm already in love with you. You know, <laughs> like you need to tell me why you're in love with me. Right, right. That, and he says, neither of them say anything really about her. Whereas again, why I love Harry in When Harry Met Sally, Harry Burns. Right. When he says all the things that he loves about her, I'm like, oh my God, yes, right. I'm in and, now. And you're right. This Harry doesn't do that. He just says, no. you know, I finally get what it's all about. I'm yes. in love. That's Which what I, I came here to say. Which I did think that was sweet. It is. Yeah. And I did think that it suited Harry. He's short, sweet, yes. to the point. There are some men who, I don't care how much they change or evolve or whatever, are never going to be able to make the grand speech. There's just, no, and it doesn't mean exactly. they don't love you. It doesn't mean they don't yes. care. It's just, yes. and for his character, I think if he had suddenly made some long, eloquent speech, yes. it, it wouldn't have suited him, really. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so, that's right. So I, I think did... the fact that he was there, and he does, you know, you named a, a, quite a few of, of the things he says yeah. to her about her. Um, and then also at dinner, and you just see it's a lot about them. It's their chemistry. It's their relationship. It's their dynamic. It's not so much about either him or her. So I think that it was appropriate that it was more focused on the like love. Like I just, I now I understand. Now I know what it's all about. Right. Because I didn't get that before. It wasn't that he didn't love her, didn't understand her. It was that he just didn't get it. Period. Yeah. For comparing so many of these movies and, and the the relationship, I think Sally Rooney would be very happy that we're really focused on the dynamic and not just one individual. Mm -hmm. But I love that Harry Sanborn gets his moment of being the unglued, unhinged one when he goes to see her at the play. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, that was great. And he's like, wait a minute. Now I'm having all these feelings. And <laughs> God, he's like, he's so like, why do I worry about like, you all the time? Yes. Oh my, it's like a full-time job worrying about I you. Know. And then she's like, all right, listen, Harry, can we just be friends? And he's like, no, I don't want to be friends with you. He's like, you don't really he's, believe that crap that men yes. and women can be friends after they've had it's, sex. That was very Harry yes. Burns. It of was. Him. Yes. I know. I know. I really liked that he had that moment of, you know, that's where we really saw his emotional side and how he was coming unglued and had to figure it all out after this, mm. after his big panic attack. Right, right. Um, which I don't think we had such an equal back and forth, right, in any of the other movies. Always Be My Maybe, 
um, when Harry met Sally or uh, maybe, maybe sleeping with other people. But I just like that we've got to see both of them as the emotional, like, I don't really know what to do with this feeling. Right. Moments. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and even they both cry more than yes. once in the movie. Yes. Um, yes. Which, like ugly cry. Ugly cry. And, yes. and so, yeah, they, they, you're right. It's, it's happening mm. to both of them and, and they really do get each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't happen to both of them at the same no. time, which is part of, part of the issue of, of their relationship. But it makes for a really good movie. It does. It, it has to yeah. work that way in the movies. So those were the big Harry and Erica speeches. But she had some really great lines with Marin mm-hmm. and her scenes yeah. when she's talking to her daughter mm-hmm. about love. The first one was when Marin comes unglued herself and over her father's news that he met a younger woman. He's going to marry her and she's a mess and she begs her mom to come in and sort of calm her down and and soothe her and that's when we start to see Erica in much more dimension I think she's between that scene and then the dinner scene she's totally calm in in this news she's like yeah your father's getting remarried right right you know but Marin says this is my biggest fear that a guy could do this to me Mm -hmm. I'm not cut out for this kind of drama and Erica says the cut this is the drama that makes you stronger Mm -hmm. and Marin says not everyone is you You. yeah you're always saying stuff like that (laughs) yeah and I thought that was really interesting because it does it does show that maybe there's more I again we talk about sometimes the movie only captures a portion of what's going on but it, there is some insight into maybe she's even been this way, unhinged and and thriving off of drama other times in her life. Because we don't see that Erica a lot no. in this, um, only when she's in love with Harry. But but that line tells us that she's probably done this many times before. And Marin just thinks she's not up for it the way that Erica is. So You're saying you think Erica has had dramatic experiences like this before? I mean, that's what Marin says, right? Marin says, I'm not cut out for this kind of drama. Erica says, the drama makes you stronger. Yeah, I just and thought then, that was something Marin a playwright says, would say. Oh, go ahead. And then Marin says, not everyone is you. Yeah, I, and see, I, it's so funny. You're, I hear the words. Your interpretation yeah. makes sense. Yeah. In my mind, I was thinking that she's always not unglued meaning she's always like got her shit together and is stoic and that that's what Marin meant which is yeah not everyone's like you meaning most people would freak out when their ex-husband was remarrying or most people would show Mm. more of a breakdown or show more emotion but you're always sort of put together and perfect kind of a thing but it's interesting you're you're the way you're yeah the drama makes you stronger you have to go through it you have to come unhinged you have to To break yourself apart and then put yourself back together. Yeah, yeah. And then um, she obviously, you'll get to that, I'm sure, where they talk more on the beach. Where she- on the stairs, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yeah. More complexity again from Erica when she just looks at her daughter and she's like, you don't really believe the stuff you're saying, right? right, right. After she's there and says, you have to self-protect. Uh-huh. And she says, you don't really believe this. You can't outsmart love. love. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you can't hide from love just because you might get hurt, mm-hmm. just because it doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I loved that, that she was willing to go all in no matter what happened. Right, right. Um, 
and in and in yeah. turn helps her daughter who then we see after that of course now finally does get married and have a yeah. baby so it really pushed her to look at things yeah. differently too yeah and not not always just choose mr wrong so you won't you know you're trying to outsmart love right those were some really complex interesting moments of of advice and that and there were insights into and erica we don't see always in in the in the movie so i i loved those yeah. little speeches do we want to talk about erica with with julian and how different that was than with harry yeah if we're uh, I, this is just cringy to me this is i know we're not necessarily yeah. doing cringy scenes yeah. but you've just led directly into it because to me, I'm just... <laughs> it's not surprising. Right, Erica yeah. and Julian equals cringy to me. I yeah. I know that it probably wasn't supposed to be. I don't think Nancy Meyer wanted that reaction. I think it's great right. that she showed that a younger, hot man could be interested yes. in yeah. the... Not just interested sexually or physically and with an older woman but he was most turned on i think by her mind and her intellect oh absolutely and he admired her so much as a playwright so i get all that and i think that's amazing that Mm -hmm. that was portrayed on screen in a major movie i just i can't get past it myself and i don't know if it's because of some unconscious bias about yeah you know (laughs) i think i i think i felt the way erica did it first like because she's all hesitant like you can't really like me like that Um, but but I mostly think I couldn't because I once you know she's in love with Harry I just can't I couldn't get on board with her and Keanu and the whole thing was creepy to me but I don't know I mean (laughs) I have but what about I love Zoe comes home yeah the farmers farmers are got something yes I got something for you and then he's standing there holding flowers and says one of the best lines these are for you to give me when you apologize. That's perfect. I know. Oh, and then he so kiss, says that she, well, if you kiss me, you know, then I'll forgive you. And she gives him this awkward, <laughs> cringy kiss. And he goes, no one would forgive you with that yes. kiss. Like, that was terrible. He calls her out he on does. it right away. He does. And yeah. then when he tries to hook up with her and like kind of take it a little further and she freaks out. He's like, do we have, like, basically, can we stop doing this every time? You know, because every time she looks like, ooh, ooh yes. I don't know if we can do this. Yes. So yeah. that's cringy. But I have to tell you, I, I don't think we've had this discussion offline yet. But I do these weird things where I get, you know, you know me. I like to pull people and I get on topics and at, like, cocktail parties and dinner. And that's okay. One okay. of my latest conversations, because it keeps coming up, is about with some younger men who keep telling me stories people I work with who keep telling me stories about how friends of theirs are hooking up with older women that this is like a thing right now and these are 20 somethings telling me that oh yeah I have a friend who's hooking up with a 42 year old she's this I'm like really so I don't know if this is a thing now more so I think it is I think it is well I mean it's always kind of been a thing, right, Mrs. Robinson? I know, and, it's true. Um, but also, you don't watch The Housewives, Real no. Housewives of New York. Carol, she's a, a highly respected journalist, well-respected woman in general, amazing mind kind of thing, 
started dating one of the other cast member's daughter's ex-boyfriends. Oh, and yeah. And he was so into her. And a, a, at least a 20-year age difference. Yeah. It's, yeah. I guess and it's that's real. Those are real people. Oh, yeah. It's not. No, I know. It's not um, a movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think Nancy Meyer obviously wanted to make a statement with this in some way, too. Again, she's writing. It's a little bit of a fantasy for her, I'm sure. I don't know. I thought it was a little bit of turning the tables, right? If Harry can date 20-year-olds or, you know, yes. young, much young, yep. younger women, then so can she. Right. That meaning, she, why is it that only men can do this? And men are always celebrated for it. So let's, yes. let's write a, Let a exactly. storyline where the, the younger man's after her. And he says, you know, you're just, I'm just, you should just be happy that I'm not intimidated by your brilliance, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, it was a little cringy for me, those, the scenes with Julian. Uh, well, we'll revisit this. I did not find it cringy, and we will definitely revisit that in, in my crystal ball. So, oh, okay. Um, but I guess since we are just talking about cringy, what do you think about soulmates? Oh, because that he Jack, says that. Mm-hmm. He does. This is in the bedroom after. Mm-hmm they have sex and she was like this was wonderful for me and he said for me too at one point I even thought soulmates and I'm like really I think it was just for him that was a was a really big deal kind of thing to say yeah you know so I took it as as that and I I also I I know I said the quote earlier about how he says about her killer combo. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I left out was she said, I can't decide if you hate me or if you're the only person who ever really got me. And the mm-hmm. soulmates thing to me was just another way of 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 communicating that I get you and that you get yeah. me. And, no, and maybe, uh, oh, let, yeah. should I say it again? That maybe he sees her. No, yeah. Sorry. I'm just, okay. uh, you know what I mean? Okay. So you think it's like shorthand. I think it's shorthand for that. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Because um, I did, I was having a hard time thinking that he would say that. Like, what does he know about soulmates? He's never even been in love. But True. All right. So what's your damage, Heather, for Erica Berry? Well, she, I mean, she says it. You already you yeah. already used the quote, but she says it outright when she's describing her play. She's high-strung, over-amped, controlling, know-it-all, neurotic, who's incredibly cute and lovable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Yes. So we uh, we know her damage here. Oh, wait. Before we go on to damage, though, we have to go back to best line ever in a movie, our line, when's your birthday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And did you see the way he looked at her? Exactly. Like, shit. He's why? like, oh, why are you? <laughs> and she's like, the- now... She's like the color drain from your face. But that's because that was after she said, let's meet in Paris if we still know each other. And that freaked him out. But um, yeah, January and February. Yes. So I'm going to put them as both Aquariuses. And then I then I approve of their. Oh, my God. You're right, though. He looked at her like, what the fuck are you asking me that for? And he's like, ah, February. Mine's in January. Yeah, that's so great. You're right. 
Um, but that was great. I thought that was too perfect. Just the way he looks at her when she says, when's your birthday? These people are very suspect. Like, oh, I've seen that face, yeah. Erica Berry. Do not ask people's birthday. You may be getting into voodoo astrology talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. so, so her damage. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think, yeah, you said, I mean, her damage is very relatable to me. Uh, yeah. You know, there's no specific, it's kind of like we said about Sally. I mean, there's no specific mm-hmm. trauma or incident that we can point to. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, I think her divorce, you know, probably had some impact on her. But to me, her, yeah, her damage is this just that by being so strong and impervious and successful that she allowed herself to be closed off. And she yes. was content but she wasn't open or vulnerable. And yeah. I do think Harry, that again, those that's those words he used to describe her, I do think um she uses her strength to separate herself from everyone. And, you know, mm. he says it's thrilling when your defenses are down and you're not isolated. Because that's often yeah. what all that toughness or having it all together really is. I mean, it's a way to separate or self-protect and people do it. I think even without noticing it, you know, and it's the problem with someone like her. And this is where I can relate. People applaud people like that because they have their yeah. shit together no one would yeah. applaud Lainey right because they think she's a mess and right. she's you know fucking up every relationship yeah. and everything else whereas right. someone like Erica Barry looks like they have it all together and she does That that's that's true I, right. I don't even want to call it a facade but it's walking around like that with that kind of strength as an armor it really yeah. can be isolating. And I, I think that yeah. that is yeah. a form of damage that yes. until he kind of breaks it down, just or, or, yes. or her feelings for him, break it down. Yeah. It's it's That's it's lonely. Really, yeah. She's lonely. Yeah. She doesn't even know she's lonely, but she is probably. Yeah. That's so interesting because. I was just having recently, actually this morning, having a similar conversation, but it was a little bit different. Certain kind of people are attracted to me because I am someone who fixes people, right? So you come to me. Oh, you're with a your fixer. Deepest dark, oh, you come to me with your deepest, darkest secrets. First of all, you know, I, I someone I don't know. No one ever says this. This is just my theory. I assume that because I have a written about my own issues and and also I'm just open in general that I'm not all together and I don't always have it. I'm not always perfect and I'm a mess, certainly inside for sure. I think people feel okay coming to me mm-hmm. and saying like, this is a mess or I don't know what to do about this. And uh, and yeah, they come to me with those things. But then whenever I, Ian said it, <laughs> my own husband said it recently, was like, Listen, my existential crises are what keeps you like I don't. He didn't say in business, he's not <laughs> a business, but he, but it was of that nature. And so, I am definitely the peep, the person that people come to with that. But I don't get to do that because no one wants the person who fixes them to be broken. Yeah, right. And I'm allowed to be broken in some other way, maybe you know, right, like, right. But but not in a way that relates to them or that they could help me with because then that's that's just I don't know yeah, I guess it's no, too yeah. 
I guess, but I, f- I find it, wait, where's my turn? No, yeah. Excuse me. I, I guess. Why do my, my existential crises knock people off their feet? And right. I'm like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's but, interesting. But to your point of Erica Berry, it is isolating. Yes. Um, and it's isolating in that same way. So I And people that. like Erica Berry also probably don't ask for help or don't. Right. Don't really. I, they I think know they I don't either. Right? You yes, think you can yes. just figure it out. Like, yes. I'll just deal with yes. it. Don't worry about me. So not much damage there, but interesting. Yes. So what she said. Nancy Meyer. Oh, so good. Should we run through so, her I, credits? Are you going to run through her credits for maybe ahead. people don't know? Okay, because this is this is a massively accomplished woman. Yes, uh, writer or producer on Private Benjamin, Irreconcilable Differences, Baby mm-hmm. Boom, Father of the Bride, and Father of the Bride Two, and mm-hmm. from there she began directing her films at age forty-eight, mm-hmm. as you noted to me the other day. Yes, starting yeah. with The Parent Trap, then What mm-hmm. Women Want. Something's Gotta Give, mm-hmm. The Holiday, mm-hmm. It's Complicated, and her last one was in 2015, The Intern with Robert De Niro. Yeah. That's a pretty impressive list right there. Yeah, and then she produced, but her daughter directed Home Again with Reese Witherspoon. Yes. That was even more recent. I think that was 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, I saw, and I wish didn't do so poorly, but... Aww. Yeah, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. really? I'm surprised. I know. Yeah, I know. I was much too into Dark Reese at that time. I just couldn't go back. Yeah. Oh, I'm I like, see. I don't. I don't want to see Sweet Reese right now. He, I want to see Dark Reese. I want to see Big Little Lies, bitchy type A Reese. Oh yeah, this is definitely, um, definitely happy Reese. So I just loved going down this Nancy Myers rabbit hole, and I considered myself pretty. Aware. I mean, I always, I knew, I always knew when it was a Nancy Myers movie. I was always interested in that. I knew her aesthetic. I knew. Yeah. I thought I knew a lot about her, but as I dug deeper, just putting the pieces together, unlike Nora Ephron, who has that documentary about her, there's really not a lot about her. There isn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's and, the same. Yes, yeah. and uh, and it seems very controlled. <laughs> Not surprising, right? It seems very controlled, like PR kind of stuff. Yeah. So I really went down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out her marriage and her divorce. Oh, and I'm so I, I glad. That, Did you? Because I wanted. To, oh, I want to yeah. know. So I mean, I think something's got to give is very it's her heart autobiographical. It's her. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So, so yeah. Tell who her husband is. Yes, her husband's Charles Shire. Shire. They were both trying to make it in L.A., writing, producing, directing. She went to school for journalism, moved to L.A. with her sister when she was 22. She met Charles when she was 27, and they were married from when she was 31 to 51. So like uh, Mm -hmm. Erica Berry, married for 20 years and married the director of her films. She wrote a lot of these movies with him yep. he directed she never made that jump until after the divorce right so they did private benjamin father bride father bride 2 mm-hmm. um a lot of those were all written and produced by by them as a married couple and then something's got to give was the first thing that she wrote and directed post divorce also he remarried after her this she was his middle wife. He had a wife oh, before her. I didn't know that. And 
and he had a wife after her. He, the character, the actor who plays her husband in the movie looks quite like her ex-husband as well. And it seems, again, he married a younger woman um, after, and it's, and it seems that she was not much older than his, than their daughter. Yeah. Oh uh, boy. Like Marin freaks out about, but it seems, again, this is all my own speculation, but it seems like she wasn't really bothered by it. She's like, whatever. Right, you know? right. Like, let him, let him get remarried to some woman. I had a 20-year marriage. It was happy. That's good enough for me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she got older and became more interesting, was willing to take more risks, do it, the writing and directing, something's got to give, and then and all of the movies afterwards. Right. I just found it the parallels to be very interesting and it seemed very autobiographical. Right. Which she she does admit it's it's autobiographical, but this sounds very autobiographical. Now, yeah. do we know though whether this is the part I would love is did is there a Harry Sandborn no. for her? No, no, right? Like Well, wait, wait. There must be a Harry Sandborn, right? But she is not married, not married to, to him. him. She is not. No, no. Right. So that's what I Which mean. Which also factored into my crystal ball, by the way. Okay, so we assume yeah. that if everything else about it is this autobiographical, that there was some relationship she must have had that sort of opened her up in a new way. Yeah, and, and my the- guess is. Yeah, she had. My guess is she had both. My guess is she had the Harry Sanborn. She had the Julian yeah, uh, Mercer. Okay. She, yeah, I'm guessing. I hope she, so. And, it's fantastic. And frankly, <laughs> I think she's had the moments of feeling like I'm aged out of older men. They only oh, want completely. Younger. Oh, that yeah, I'm sure so, was very yes. much of source material there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I know. And. and and the fact that they worked together for all those years and then she broke out on her own and got even more interesting and more productive. By the way, we did not talk about, I had posted this on Instagram years ago, the scene where she's crying in oh. her room oh, yeah. and, and she's, she's writing and crying. Yeah, like comedic and, crying, crazy oh crying. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. That is literally me when I'm writing. It's like, like no! when I'm really, yes. <laughs> it's just like when I'm into a scene, or and then I'll and then I'll be laughing and then I'll start crying again. I mean, I put all of that emotion. Yeah. Just, that that just, scene was just too perfect. I mean, it's me. literally pouring out of her as she as yes, she says, yeah, yes, literally. Yes. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I was yeah. so surprised at how little there was out there on her too. I'm so glad you said that. There is a lot of articles about how much she hates it when people ask her about the kitchens in her movies. Did you see that? Yes, yes, so weird. Yes, Yes, she she doesn't like that because she believes that no one would ask a man about the aesthetics or the setting of, of of the house. Right, that's what you're supposed to do as a director. Right, right. Uh, make make beautiful shots yes exactly yeah. i know yeah. but even in it's complicated that's another one about a woman who's divorced yeah yeah she does but but see that one i hope is not i feel like she's had love why because she i, she I was a, wondering she has that an myself. affair with her ex her ex-husband i was wondering that myself oh, yeah and, and i'll just i will just say this the actress in it's complicated alec baldwin's wife she doesn't look unlike 
the girl, the woman, her ex married. Right, right. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. See? So the only other things that I found lots of was her uh, talking about, you know, female filmmakers and just not enough, mm-hmm. clearly not enough of them or not enough movies made with complicated females, uh, which is telling for us. I mean, she did say in an, an interview in 2015, I don't see a lot of movies telling stories about complicated women with real problems. She also said, they asked her, what do you hope to leave behind as a female filmmaker? And she said, I've been making movies since 1980. They all have very strong female characters. I write women's Mm -hmm. stories. Even if there's a male lead, I'm telling you Mm -hmm. the story of the woman or a man who had to change because of a woman. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because that's what you said earlier today about about yeah. Harry. Uh, so she yeah. said, so it's up to others, I think, to say what the cumulative effect is. I know it's been my life's work to put out positive, real images of women on the screen. What it's like yes. to feel like when you get a divorce. What it's like when you have a baby. Uh, this is yeah. what it's like if you've been raised a certain way or your belief system or what you've been taught to believe changes. These are the movies I've spent my adult life doing, and I hope that they resonate with people. I'm told that they do. Yeah. And I certainly think oh, that yeah. they do. Yeah, absolutely. I saw, to to that point of sort of her legacy or what she's leaving behind, I love that she pointed out, the women in my movies are not seeking romance. Mm-hmm. It happens when they're not looking for it. Yep. Which I I was like, that is very true. That is mm-hmm. some the, like a theme that she she stands by, and it's interesting. I yeah. I, I, I find that true too. Real love, you know, lasting love comes when you're not looking for it, right? And, and Erica Berry, like I said earlier, she's certainly surprised by it. It yeah. it, it hits yes. her hits her out of nowhere. Yes, yeah. So I loved. I read an interview with her that where the person that was that was interviewing her asked I thought a great question she said it seems like the current slate of movie heroines are very different from yours they're not living in the spoils of mid-career mm-hmm. success they're fuck-ups who could never yeah. get it together to buy a house like that ever and she says well they're playing fuck-ups only sort of not as purely as the guys did they act somewhat slackerish at times, which always makes me laugh. But Tina Fey's mm-hmm. Liz Lemon ran a big yeah. network TV show. And Lena Dunham's character is a successful writer. And Amy Schumer played a journalist in Trainwreck. Mindy Kaling is a doctor. They all have purpose and goals, but they remain very original. It's a new kind of heroine, and I find it refreshing and exciting to watch them celebrate their confusion and angst through comedy. They're so smart and funny. I love that. Yeah, I had it, that too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're relatable because they're not, not perfect, perfect or perfect living, looking or perfect acting and their goals aren't always traditional. And I think that's the just the piece I miss in this movie yeah. um, with Erica is that she has her shit together, Erica. And, um, you know, I think I'm more on the side of the, the uh, new round of half fuck ups but still yeah. really got their shit together but you know I, the laney yes the laney but i yeah. think that's yeah. what we talked about with sally albright too right mm-hmm. that it, that's where yeah. it is maybe a little dated or things have just evolved a little bit more and in in the representations of women 
in movies and TVs. And I, I love, I had this quote too. I love that she is open to that and is saying, listen, they're doing yes. what, they're, what they're doing is awesome too. And yeah. And I, and it's amazing to see. I think she, it's, it's very cool that she, oh, I, you know, kind of gives yeah. props to that, even though it's, yeah, it is different it, than anything she really did. And then I, I know we talked about adding this. So I, I did, uh, I looked up her birthday. Oh, yeah. Seeing as seeing as she put a, that line in her in her movie, I thought that was fair game. She is, Nancy Myers is Sagittarius, oh, a boy. fire sign. Uh-huh. Yeah, the third fire sign. Sagittarius's are known to be optimistic, restless, progressive, and adventurous. They cannot stand to be contained, thwarted, or bossed around. And freedom is their catnip. Ooh. So I like that. Yeah. Love the fire signs. We have a slight preference. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she rounds out our our little trifecta. We got to get her on here. Yes. All right. So are we moving on to the crystal ball? Oh, the crystal ball. Yes. Yeah, so the crystal ball has had a complication though because clearly, six months later is really in the yeah, in the movie, right? it is the, a little bit the very last scene. So I guess we can go six months from after, not six months after Paris, but six months after the uh, final scene. Okay. So what do you what do you got? I guess the question is, do you think they're still together? Oh, I definitely think they're still together. Okay. Yeah, okay. I do. Um, I think, as I hinted at earlier, that Harry is is going to have a little trouble here. So it, in that final scene that you mentioned in the restaurant with Amanda Peet and her husband. And yes. Every, Harry yes. looks so happy, right? He's like proud yes. as a peacock. He's looking yes. around the restaurant. Oh, He's grabbing terrible. her butt playfully. Yes. And, yes. you know, so I, I think he, at least initially is really happy in a relationship which yeah. he had never been in really or mm-hmm. a serious one. So mm-hmm. I think that's an indication that he at least at first really is, but listen, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yes. Right? Yes. And as yeah. much as he's changed and as happy as I think he is, I do think he's going to struggle with a monogamous yeah. relationship and with yeah. communication. We talked about his speech. It was good. I mean, it was it, it was as I said probably in line with his communication abilities. But right. once you get in a relationship, as we've talked about, you have to be able to really communicate. And I don't I think yes. he's gonna have trouble with that. And yeah. The other thing I think is gonna be a problem is what exactly is Harry doing for work these days, right? He's I know he's sixty some odd years old, so a lot of people would just retire, but this is a guy who's right. been so productive from we know from like his late twenties he started a record label and from everything we've heard is just always been running a business or involved in so many different endeavors. He lasted ten minutes on a tropical island, so I don't see right. him yeah. I don't see yeah. him hanging around you, you know, playing golf. So mm. I think that is also going to be a struggle for him to figure out his next yeah. act, you know, yeah. and yeah. and she's now, I think, an even bigger star with the success of her play. And so that's mm-hmm. not going to help either because she's really, I think, more on the rise. So all of this is to say, I think, whether it's in the next six months or five years, in the next few years, 
I think that's going to be a big problem. He, I think he's going to struggle with depression of some mm-hmm. kind and and aging. But right. this is where the romantic in me comes in. I think he's going to, they're going to stay together because I think her love is going to help him through it. And I do. I think I think it's like June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash in the movie Walk the Line, how she now he obviously had a serious drinking problem and she nurses him out of that and basically pulls him out of his darkness in that movie. It's it's a less extreme version of that. I think that you think Erica Berry has that kind of that's a lot of patience. I do. That is a lot of tolerance. I do. I I do. Okay. For for Harry, because I think that he does get her. And I think that there it this this sounds very one sided, but I do think that she gets a lot from him as well. Meaning the fact, Mm -hmm. again, that he really does understand her. Now he's right. and he and he seemed to his love inspired her. Yes. So, so and yeah. I think it's going to inspire her to write a new play out of it. And this time it's going to be a drama about an aging mm. man coming to terms with his own mortality, dealing mm. dealing with his demons and how the love of a complicated woman gets him through mm-hmm. and transforms him. So then she's going to have another hit play as a result of it. And, but he is going to have to find a fucking job or do something because I don't know or a hobby. Just because yes. from what we've seen, we don't know that he can what he's Mm-mm. ever had a day off in his life. So that part right. needs to be worked out. But yeah, so it's not just going to be her love and their relationship yeah. that brings him through. He's going to have to he's going to have to figure out something to do as well. But interesting. Yeah, interesting. I got a little sappy there. All right. And no, I it's not sappy. I just don't know that Erica. I mean, I saw Sasha doing that, but I don't know that Erica. I don't know. I see. So so my 6 months I have them definitely cooling off, but I have it more uh, it's a more mutual thing. I think that they're just too set in their ways both of them. Yeah. I think Paris worked, right? But then they want to, you know, they're, they're trying to plan their next trip. They want to go to Hawaii. She wants to go to Maui. He wants to do the big island. They want to go to Spain. She wants Madrid. He wants Barcelona. And after six months of compromise and, and truly learning new tricks because they are, they're like, why are we doing this? Like, just, just go our separate ways. This is not worth it. Mm. So, and I have them being on totally good terms maybe they are even actually friends I don't see it going sour it's just like no let's just part ways so five years I have her realizing oh don't tell me Julian was the one that got away oh come on absolutely he was not the one that got away she did it was bad timing she wasn't in love with him in the movie we didn't see him her in love with him but that was only because she was more infatuated with Harry. But he but no, in, no. In hindsight, <laughs> she she was infatuated with the conquest of Harry. But Julian was the one she loved, and she had such good moments with oh, the one please. who Julian cared just about. Sucks up to her. That's all he does is tell her what a great playwright the, she is. He yeah, doesn't get exactly. her. He does not the, the get one, her. The one that cared about her career, oh. her brilliant mind, whereas Jack was a Nicholson fanboy. Her, 
Harry was like, oh, you're so sweet. You make me pancakes. No. No, that was going to get very old. He understood her. Yeah, that she liked to make pancakes? No. She's a playwright. No. It's someone, someone who He who described her, her better brilliance. than anyone ever could. Yeah, no. Erica confused the conquest and then the inspiration with love. No. So when she realized Julian is the one, how, I was thinking to myself, how does she get him back? Then I was thinking about him. I think he throws himself into his work. Right. But against the, and he's like, doesn't want to meet anyone ever. He doesn't want to be with anyone because Erica has sort of ruined him. Right. But against the odds, he meets another doctor at the hospital. They obviously share their crazy schedules. It all seems to really be working. They, they are both very smart, driven. Then when they have time off, they travel together. He proposes to her on Turks and Caicos. And she says yes, but when they come back, his first day back at the hospital, he comes home and all of her stuff is out of their house. I don't know who this wonderful woman yeah. is, but I'm so, I'm like, I could see her. <laughs> he comes, he comes home and she's sitting on their stoop with the house half empty because everything was half of his, half hers. Right. She gives, and she gives this speech. I love you. You're amazing. We have incredible memories together. They talk about Turks. They talk about. Italy, the pasta in in Florence. Oh my God. You're amazing, but there's something seriously wrong with you. I don't know who hurt you. I don't, you never talk about it. Or maybe it was more than one person, but you can't love me the way I need to be loved so I can't marry you. Then Marin is out visiting her mom in the okay. Hamptons. Runs into pregnant, him. No, pregnant with her third child emergency you know whatever happens oh pregnancy complication they end up at the hospital where erica runs into julian again she's not looking for love even though she knows julian's the love of her life she's not going back there and then fate put him in her way so she commits to winning him back i want to see that movie wow (laughs) i want to see that i i i just okay i mean as usual fantastic points for creativity i mean I just I feel so strongly against against Julian. I hear you. But I hear you. I also think I, I have you. an issue with Keanu Reeves. Maybe if there was like a different oh actor gosh. playing this, I know everyone loves Keanu Reeves. What? Yes. I know. What could be your I issue? know. No, we loved him and always be my maybe. But yeah, so I, comedy and also you know like slasher. Movies, yeah, whatever exactly. The John Wick stuff yes, is. exactly. But, I just. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I get that. I no, mean, I he's that's... such a sycophant to her. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think it was. I don't. I did. Do I, I, I thought he was a little close. fanboy when he first met her. He's like, oh, my he's God, you're Erica. And that's all he does is talk about that. Well, he's not interested he in anything her... else about her except no, he that. Gives, he gives her the respect she deserves. I, that's fair. And she... And he loves her mind. I mean, that's I don't great. know. That's great. That is yes. very nice. There's nothing. That's all wonderful. That does not yeah. mean that he's the one that got away. I don't, I just don't I, see. He just doesn't understand No, her. I understand he also you don't see because she wasn't in love with him in the movie. I think I it's know. very clear. But, but that will be because it was bad timing. It was the exact wrong time. She was completely. Yeah, no, de- it was absolutely the exact wrong time. No, that yeah. that is true. Yeah. That is true. Wow, this yeah, could be. So. This could be. And then, geez, what age are we? Well, he was. We don't know how old he was. Does he ever say? But anyway, no. He's still. But thir- I yeah, I think like early thirties. 
But I want to see what a, I couldn't think of any movie. Is there a movie where the woman chases the one who got away? I mean, a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama, right? Oh. But she's not chasing him. She's more she's chasing him for a divorce so right. she can marry so, yeah, the one no, she no, thinks. No. Yeah. But it still kind of is because she's just ignorant, you know, like Erica was. Maybe she doesn't even realize Julian was the love of her life until she runs into him at the hospital. And right. Like, but this is a, a very good general question. Is there? I love, we've talked about this. I, I love the theme of the one that got away. Are you really telling me that in, and I'm really, my wheels are I spinning here. Are really telling me yes, that in, I need, in no yeah, you to tell movies? Me. Are they? No, I don't count. I do not count Melanie the Carmichael and uh, Sweet okay, Alabama okay. as, uh, right? Because, She's not really chasing Jake. Like you said, it's just for a divorce, and she actually thinks she can't stand him. It's right. like she doesn't even realize that. Yeah, and he. We really know he's been pining after her. So yes, I, yes. I'm that's thinking true. your point is like she more is affirmatively like a yes. woman who goes after the one that got yes. away. I feel like I'm thinking of a book, but no, that's I not. Don't even, know. Oh, this is very interesting question. I know. I I was racking my brain trying to think of it. Now, again, I was really trying to think of it, but that's not that's not my absolute favorite. So I I thought if it's out there, Kate would know. I know because it is my know. favorite. Okay, this is a challenge. But yeah. anyway, this is yes. This is uh, people would watch this. I want to know. I'm like, oh, I that's a know fair what point. It looks like yeah interesting yeah. So, all right yeah that was good on that was good all around i'm i'm highly intrigued by all of those stories right i've I'm got to walk the years. line meets um yes <laughs> yes which is what i mean don't get me wrong i love that that story that type of story where the woman sort of rescues the man that that fits yeah. right in line with my life but right. um I just didn't see Erica as the time as the June. Yeah, you know, I think that it's this but, is only because of the the Erica by the end who has yeah. you know opened up and has been yeah. changed by love. Uh, yeah, no. Now, I, don't get me I, wrong; she's only going to be patient for so long. Like I said, he's going to have yes. to get his shit together and get a job or whatever yeah. else. But I mean, <laughs> she's not going to like support this like you know guy, but. All right, so our takeaways from Something's Gotta Give. I really do love this movie. I know, again, I'm sort of being critical, but this is one of my favorite movies. I watch it every single time it's on. I Diane Keaton is just so incredibly delightful. The whole thing is so beautiful. And I really love Amanda Peet. I really love, I wanted more of her. But what what do we have for a takeaway here? So my takeaway is that sometimes... You need to cut your turtleneck off no. <laughs> in dramatic fashion right. with scissors or hell, oh, just rip that. it off. Um, right. In that sex scene with Harry when he can't yes. get past her turtleneck and she literally begs him like, please, yes. please cut it off and hands yes. him the scissors. Yes. It's literally shedding her skin, right? She's asking mm. him to cut off the layer of yes. protection or protection. armor oh, that she yes. wears, right? And that's yes. the start of her transformation. And that scene oh. for me, when he cuts, starts from the bottom and just cuts all the way oh up and God. then and then she's exposed and open. Yes. So for me, oh. that's just 
whatever is constricting you or whatever's holding you back from opening yourself up or being vulnerable or just getting outside your comfort zone just just cut it open just just let it happen and that was my takeaway from this movie and I just I, I want I want to be able to do that oh I love that and the symbolism I mean I I I didn't think of it that way and it is so on point. You're so right. And that right. is sort of that big yes, it's so it's a symbolic. Big moment. And it is. And I didn't think of it that way. And I didn't think of it as a big moment, but you're right, it, it really is. So cut your uh, turtleneck off, people. Just let it out. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So I my takeaway I don't know. My takeaway is definitely Maybe not what I've taken away from every other, like the 500 times I've seen this movie, but it is influenced by everything I'm thinking about and and paying attention to right now. And one of them, which, so I guess I was really focused on the Julian versus Harry mm-hmm. and who is the right one for her and what is, you know, what is love supposed to be? And again, no spoilers, but... I was thinking about it in the context of Helen on the affair too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about her a bit and and was Vic the love of her life or is Noah the love of her life? And, you know, how do you even measure that? And I don't know. So I saw, I, I saw this quote that said, fast love expires like milk. Patient love sticks like honey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, but which one are you supposed, are you supposed to have fast love? Are you supposed to have patient love? And I guess what what I take away is everyone needs both. Yeah. You need fast love and patient love, which by the way, I also thought was amazing because they go together, milk and honey, right? Yeah. You have to have yeah. both milk uh-huh. and honey. But it is something I definitely struggle with. Like what is especially having been in a relationship for a long period of time but even with my husband now we had that too in the beginning but it can't always be like that but should it be like I don't know well see I'm not this I don't know what no I I was gonna say that this is like my crystal ball I feel like because they had the fast love but then once they had to be in the relationship that's where it got a little, they had to get to the slower, more difficult parts. I'm also thinking you have to have both like throughout. And maybe maybe they didn't have enough of the honey in the beginning. They had the milk, right? For sure. Right. But you have to have the milk and the honey, I don't know, not at all times, like literally every day. Right. But I do think, I mean, because patient love, the, the, the honey gets really boring and you can yeah. to to extend the metaphor you can feel stuck yeah right Literally. so you have to have the yeah so you have to have the the milk the fast expiring love with the same person that you have the patient love with right but i think if so, you start off with like they did with the fast love then you can always tap back into that even if you're getting too sticky but if you don't, don't have know. that to begin with, I don't know how you, you can't manufacture that. Like you can't. So, so this is very similar to what a friend of mine who was talking about this in the context of the affair, 
that's basically what I heard her saying, but I just don't, I guess I don't understand. Like, how does anyone fall in love if you don't have, like, how do, isn't falling in love with anyone at any time the fast love? Yeah, yes. And falling in love But is, there's different is, speeds. I guess. See, fast. I've never had, I only have one. <laughs> oh, oh no, there are different speeds. Oh, I and, only have and one. And there's one like Erica Berry's that hits you in a week and fucking rips you wide open and yeah. you're forever changed after it. And that's what happened to her. Now, uh, maybe yours are always like that. Like, yeah. Honestly. M- mine mine are always kind of like that. But the ones that ruin me the way Erica did, they're bad relationships. Yo, they're I, not, I, yeah, I don't want to be ruined. Know, I'm like, saying she's, yeah. she's ch- dramatically changed. Like she's ripped open. I don't mean that in a bad mm-hmm. way, in a ruining way. Because for her, I think it was a fantastic thing. Because she wouldn't even, you'd never get your crystal ball if, if what happened to her didn't yes. happen with Harry. Because yes, she wouldn't yes. be open to it then. Like it, it yeah. changed her fundamentally. And whether she stays with Harry or goes with Julian or whatever, that none of that would have been possible if she didn't have that kind of that 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 mm. love. I don't know that that happens with everybody. I am sort of like just jump right in kind of person, and that's how I fall in love. But you're right; not every love has transformed me. Yes. Whether yeah, okay, I so think that's what go. it is. And if it's that one, then even yeah. if you start getting sticky or in the honey, yeah, and that yeah. you can tap back into that. Yeah, and it, I'm not okay. saying it's so easy to, because like you said, you can no, get really not. stuck. But yeah, sure. you can you can reignite. It's like a pilot light and a burner on a stove, like that. That yeah. I think you could still you could find the match. Yeah, but there are people who fall in love without that, and then it ain't so easy to find the match because it was yeah, always that, just yeah. sort of a I, lo, on low or something. Yeah, see, that's the part I I don't understand. And maybe not always, and, but maybe maybe in the very beginning, but it quickly went to the honey. You know? Yeah. You know, see, I'm always finding the honey. I'm always like, how how do we how do we make this stick? Because right. Well, that's interesting. I guess I was also thinking, I don't know which part of it is the love and which part of it is the relationship. I don't know. It's interesting because what you're describing, I guess, just sounds like a relationship developing, but where's like the falling in love part of it? I don't know. Right. Well, that was... Like, yeah. right? Like maybe we didn't see... Erica and Julian falling in love, right? No. We saw, no. No, right? not really. So, I mean, maybe they Julian just have... was falling in love with her, but we don't yeah. see her falling in love with him. And they they definitely didn't have that initial spark or the way yeah. that her and Harry did. Right, right. No. I think yeah. the minute he made that speech where that I keep quoting where he really saw her and she said I can't combo, decide whether yeah. you hate me or whether you're the mm-hmm. only person that ever got me I think the minute yeah. he made that speech yeah she was she was falling in love because yeah. someone finally saw her and and articulated it in a way that that was a huge light bulb for her yeah I think so too yeah no, I, I think so too it's just a matter of whether they could make that into something lasting and that's the part I doubt I agree with you like, you know, like I said, I've had that, but they're not people I want to spend the rest of my life with. And that is a different thing. Falling in love, even the transformative type of love, 
isn't the same as someone you want to spend the rest of your life But sometimes it is the same. Ideally, it is. But you can have more than one. I don't know, Kate. I don't have the answers. But I love watching these movies and reading these books and trying to flesh out how everybody else sort of sees it and unpacks it and and handles it. That's what's so interesting to me. I don't want to see the same movie over and over. When you dig a little deeper, they're they're more different than you think. Even though they look quote-unquote rom-coms, right? Right. No, I know. And I love that you can watch this movie for purposes of this discussion and and even see new things and and make you think about different things. Oh, yeah. And I I love that. Yes. Yeah. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you hated it, email us. We want to hash it out. Love us or hate us, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And keep it complicated.